All right. When I thought about today, here's the thing. I hate going to church and feeling like, oh, that message is for that group of people or that message is for that group of people. I said to Alan today, um, I feel like what's been stirring in my heart this week is not so much or, or not just geared towards women and not just geared towards mothers. And I feel like um, God confirmed that for me. And how many of you noticed it's a bit chilly? Is it chilly at your place? It's freezing. I mean, we've, we've brought the blankies out. We've got the socks out. There's been a change in our season. And we've, you know, people have been talking about it and saying it's coming. But I feel like this week we've really seen it. The mornings are cooler. There's fog. The nights are definitely cooler and the days are getting shorter. You heard this morning that... As a church, we're entering a new season. This season of um, the good, the bad and the ugly is coming to an end and we're embarking next week on a whole new season. And what that looks like in detail is reality is anyone's guess other than God. He knows, he's planned it, he's foretold it, he's he's burning in his heart to um, download to us. But I guess at this point, it's it's all somewhat of an unknown, but it's exciting. But nonetheless, it's a new season. How many of you know that with natural seasonal change, it requires us to shift, to make an adjustment, to do some things a little bit differently? I know we've just come out of summer, and I don't, I don't know whether it's a female, who knows, whether it's an in your 40s thing and you go hot, I don't know. But summer is not a good time right in the midst. Amen, ladies? It's hot. But you know what? My wardrobe changes in summer, much to Elle's horror. <laughs> We pull out the bags and we get the swimmers out. We get the towels out. Less clothing, less weight, less baggage. It's hot. Is that right? How many of you know in winter, I'm pulling the bags out again and we're getting the boots out, got the blankies out, got the jackets out because it's a change in season. Is that just me? A season, I just wrote here, a season is a period of time. We don't determine the time. But we do need to adapt to the season if we plan to do it well. This uh, passage of scripture I'm sure you'll all be familiar with, but God actually spoke about seasons in the book of Ecclesiastes. Unlike Alan, I don't have pride. I'm happy to put my glasses on. (laughs) Touche. (laughs) The Bible says to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. And a time of war and a time of peace. As I thought about that this week, I um, started to think about a movie that I'm, I'm very sure you're all familiar with. And it's how many of you have seen The Passion? Well, you know, when it first came out, I'm sure most of you, like me, we went off to the movies, not quite sure what to expect. There'd been a lot of build-up about that movie. 
And I just came out of there and can I just say we express stress differently. Alan came out of that film. There were two, two couples that went. Alan and I and another good friend of ours. And we were a little bit similar in personalities, the couples. Alan came out weeping, just weeping, right? He couldn't speak. He couldn't talk about it. He just stood there weeping. Do you know, I came out, I was so stressed at what I'd seen that I just burst out laughing, which was so inappropriate because there was a foyer full of these Christian people and I'm just hysterically laughing. But I genuinely was so stressed at what I'd seen. Anyway, a year or a year and a half later, we got the movie out at home and we watched it together. And for the first time, I think the first time I'd seen it, the whole crucifixion thing just blew me away. I, I mean, we've read it, we hear it, but it just the graphic, I guess, just blew me away. But the second time I saw it, I, I just, for some reason, something else stood out to me. And I don't know whether um, you remember this scene, but it was the time when Jesus was walking through the streets and he had his cross on his shoulder and it's all happening for him. And the first time I saw that, that's kind of what stressed me. It was just the horror of what they did to a human being. But the second time I watched it, Mary was the thing I noticed. I have never been able to get past that scene in The Passion. What you saw was Jesus walking through the streets and the jeering and the horror was there. But off to the side, in the crowd, in the multitude, was Mary, quietly walking alongside, watching what was her little boy going through what, 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 what was one of the most horrific things I'd personally ever seen. It blew me away. Do you think Mary knew the season she was in? How many of you are natural mothers here? Yeah. Well, we're all a work in progress, right? And I have four kids, uh, three boys and a little girl, and I just need you to know that I would not be Mary if someone was touching my kit. How many of you know that when you gave birth, there was a lion that came out that day as well? And when somebody touches your babies, this, this other person comes out. And I was so struck by her grace and her poise and her self-control to not lose the plot. I believe that that, that season, Mary knew that that's what was about. She knew the season that she was in. She was still his mother. She, he was still her little boy. But she was in a different season. Because of this, there were changes necessary to how she mothered him. You know, I've got a 21-year-old boy. And I remember many a day changing his nappy, exactly what we saw on the video clip. Bathing him, feeding him, changing him, playing with him, reading with him. Can I just tell you, he's not letting me in the shower with him today at 21. <laughs> you might be surprised. Tiffy, these days do end, darling, where they don't want you to go into the bathroom with them. But in all seriousness, the season of my mothering to him has changed. I'm still his mum. He's still my little boy, but the season has changed. It would seem to me that Mary was able to embrace the season that she was in, that she could foresee something that ha had not yet come. I have no doubt that to see and to go through what she went through was painful as a mother. I can't, 
I just can't grasp watching my kids suffer that way. We all hate seeing our kids suffer. We all hate seeing our grandkids suffer. There's something innately in us as mothers, as fathers, as parents, as friends to see those around about us struggle. But I believe that the difference in that scene was that Mary knew the season she was in and she had made the necessary adjustments. I don't believe she did it that day in the street because I think that our Heavenly Father is gracious and kind and prepares us for times good, bad and ugly ahead. And somewhere in the midst of her walk, God had prepared her for that season. So I have a question for all of us today. Do you know the season that you're in? Man or woman, child, do you know the season that you're in? I have three boys, as I mentioned. Caleb's 21, Johnny's 19, and Geordie's just about on the cusp to turn 18. All fairly close. I know, it's ridiculous. It's all fairly cl- they're all fairly close in age. And I can still remember, and Alan and I often talk about, when the boys were really young. It was busy. It was crazy busy. There was lots happening. They were close in age, and it just seemed like you'd get one through a particular time, and the next one was in there, and so on. We would go off to sport mornings. We'd go off to school meetings. We'd go off to this meeting, that party. It was all happening when they were young. Then I feel like I blinked as their mother and I look at them all now on the cusp of adulthood and just think, where did that time go? Where's that season gone? Their needs have changed. As I mentioned before, they've all been dependent on us and I I personalise it for me as their mother. They've been dependent on me to look after their physical needs changing, feeding, buying things, providing, reading books, helping with homework. But, you know, their needs have changed. Yesterday I had the delight to go and have a coffee with my eldest boy and I thought, gosh, the season has definitely changed. And it was lovely. The conversation has changed. The need that he has from me is different now to what it was when he was a little boy. I don't feel the need... That's not entirely true. I would like to control it and I'd like to fix everything, but I know it's not the right thing to do because the season has changed. I have, most of you know that I work at the Ramada in Ballina. And, you know, since I finished my degree, I've had a lot of people ask me, are you ever going to use your degree? What are you doing? What are you doing now? Oh, oh. And you can kind of see this conversation playing out in the head. And if I'm brutally honest, I've asked myself the same question. And I've wrestled with the same question myself. And it's been through um, journeying with close friends that I've been able to go, you know what, this is a season. But it's probably only in the last, actually, six months that I've really um, become peaceful with the season that I'm in. I have met some of the most amazing people at, um, at my workplace. And I've shared with some of you, you know, the story of one or two of them. Lately, just reflecting on my relationship with them, there are so many bizarre situations happening in my workplace that I could either just go, who would have thought? Or maybe this is a season. Maybe this is the perfect plan of God for me. Maybe without that degree, it wouldn't have opened a door for me to be where I am today. Every morning when I clock on to work, we go into the staff room and there's this thumb on time tech thing. And up on the screen it says your name and you confirm that that's who you are and it says in the box your role. 
And at first I never used to pay much attention to it, just click and on I go. But I've been looking at it lately and just marvelling at how God is so clever. At his, You know, there's a passage that talks about you as the believer, be as innocent as a dove, but as cunning as a wolf. And I kind of feel like that's what I'm doing with my job in the Ramada. It says that I'm this and I'm that and I'm whatever. But in my heart, I go into the Ramada, I clock in and I go... I'm a pastor to these staff and I want to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. I've shared with you about my homosexual friend who works there, who I've had the privilege of being able to have her ask me, why do I actually like her knowing that I'm gay? Because she's made in the image of God, whether she acknowledges that or not. I have a lovely friend there who is what I classify as my Nicodemus. She's my dissatisfied Christian friend who comes out in the night quiet and wants to chat about God and then flits out the back and carries on with her work. But I'm happy with that. I'm excited about that. Sunday night I had night shift after church and, you know, Alan had shared about the Spirit of God and letting him work through you. And I had the funniest situation happen. I had a young guy, he's 18, he's the same age as my Johnny, just left school started university in a teaching degree and his shift, I knew his shift was meant to finish at six o'clock and I said to him at five to six, you know, you probably need to start wrapping that up now and get ready to clock off and la 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 and I noticed he just was kind of hanging around and you know, six o'clock came and he said to me, he stood at the computer and he said, you know what Jackie, I just want my life to count for something and I sat there and thought, far out. How many 18-year-olds do you know are saying that? I mean, not that, you know, it's, it's a, it can be a funky age. But he... <laughs> that's the grandparent and the parent who's been there, done that. But it can be a hard age. And I just looked at this kid and thought, wow. And I, so I said to him, so tell me about that. What does that look like for you? Do you know he spent the next two hours sitting at the desk telling me what that might look like? Halfway through the conversation, I kind of thought, I wonder if he knows what we do. Like, I, want, I don't know that I've ever had that conversation with him. So I said to him, you know what, we used to work in an organisation for young people and I'd love to tell you about that one day. Oh, what'd you do? I told him about YWAM and what we used to do and la-da-da-da-da. I said to him, you won't believe it, but we actually pastor a church up the hill. Get out of it, he said. And you know what? For another hour, we kept talking. And 8 o'clock come and he, I said, look, you really need to go home. You need to get out of here and go and enjoy the rest of your night. You know, at, when I clocked off that night, I looked at his timesheet. He didn't put in for the extra two hours. He still worked while he chatted away to me. But you know what? In that time, I would go out to the front counter, do what I had to do, come back, and he would start the conversation again. Then the phone would ring. I'd take the call, hang up he'd start the conversation again. I was not initiating that conversation. That kid wants his life to make a difference. Then more recently, as some of um, you ladies know, I have a dear friend who, weirdest thing, I, I had never met her before I started at the Ramada and we both started around the same time. We work in very different departments and so through the day we don't necessarily cross paths. She's in an office right down the end and I'm out the front office. So there's no need necessarily for our worlds to collide. Probably in the last six months, for some reason, she just wanders out the front office and she has a chat and she's begun to share her story with me. And she has the most 
amazing story. I mean, there's, there's just challenges that I can't begin to imagine how she's endured it, much less lived it to tell the story. Anyway, she went, she had broken her foot recently and I was under the impression she was going for an x-ray to see how that was healing. So I messaged her that night and said, how do we get on? What's happening? Anyway, she messaged me back and said, Jackie, I feel really bad. I've got to apologise. I lied to you today. She said, I didn't go and get an x-ray for my foot. I've been diagnosed with breast cancer. And I thought, wow, here we go again. This lady, she's taken another hit. And so the last few weeks, I've just had the immense privilege of walking with her. She has just endured a double mastectomy. I mean, if you could hear some of what's happened in her life, she's the strongest woman. She just keeps keeping on. I said to her when she was going in for her surgery, I said, you know what? My girls at my church, they pray. She's not a believer. And so I thought she's going to do one of two things here. She's going to loon at loony or she's going to embrace it. Because how many of you know desperate people need desperate measures? So I said to her, I'm going to get my girls to pray, and they will faithfully pray for you. Has it changed her situation at this moment in time? It hasn't. She had her double mastectomy. On Wednesday, we went off to the hospital, and she had a PET scan, and I went over Thursday. How did we get on? Well, she said, it's spread into all my lymphatic system, and it's now in my liver. And I thought, you know what? Here's the thing. You need a healing. I I desperately want you to receive physical healing. But we can do that. And unless your soul is healed, the, the outcome is exactly the same. So you know what I've decided? I'm in a season at the Ramada. I couldn't give a flip about the job as such. I'll be faithful and diligent in what my employers have asked me to do. But I tell you what I've decided, I know that when I clock on to that time tech and I see reception or I see conference or I see whatever, what I really see is you be a pastor to my people. You give me access, you be the bridge. So, you know, our girls here have been praying for her and I know that there are some here this morning who carry her in her heart and I'm asking you please keep praying. But, you know, I'm very, very sure that that's the season I'm in and you know what it's done when you know the season that you're in it changes your perspective it changes what and who you prioritize in your world I don't know how much time that lady's got God does but I do know that she has a sister and a brother-in-law in Sydney who I met on Tuesday night along with Al and you know her sister said to me Jackie you won't believe it I've been praying for years that God would bring a Christian across my sister's path and maybe for such a time as now you know what, if we can be an answer to that prayer, is that, not is that not what we're here to do? So the first question I want to ask you is, do you know the season that you're in? The second question I wanted to ask you is, have you accepted that season? Some years ago, I was sitting with a friend having a coffee and she passed this comment. You know when you have those formal um, documents that you fill out, whether it be your licence or whatever, and it's got the 18 to 25s and it's got the 25s to 40s and the 40s to 60s and then it's got the 60 and other and she you know she made this comment she said I'm in the last box some would say the last season of life I would say it's the right season for you at the right time you know when my kids were all small it was a season and it required certain things of me it's a it's part of your life but it's not your whole life is that right 
your age, it's part of who you are, but it's not all of who you are. I want to just take you back to Mary in that moment of watching Jesus enduring what would I imagine be a horrific situation. She went from the sheer joy of finding out she was going to have a baby. Like I remember when we found out that we were having our first baby and our second baby, third baby, fourth baby, we were just elated. That feeling of anticipation, of excitement, of what will he or she look like? Will it be a he or a she? What will they be like? Will they be like you? Will they be like me? That excitement. Mary would have had that. I think sometimes we spiritualize the fact that she was Mary, the mother of Jesus, but she was a human nonetheless. She was a normal woman who would have carried the excitement and the expectation of carrying a child. Yes, there was going to be challenges, but I think overall there would have been this incredible sense of joy. Then she watches this baby grow and watches him be completely dependent on her and Joseph for everything, everything. There was no kind of supernatural intervention to potty training him. There was no intervention in teaching him to speak. They were his parents and God entrusted that responsibility to disciple and raise him up, just like he's done to many of us. I think it's a pretty fair assessment to say Mary would have been invested. Amen? She would have been like those mothers who would have closed the door at times and gone, seriously. But you know what? She was invested. To then go from that to watching the horror of Jesus enduring the journey of the crucifixion. This would would not have been an easy season. In fact, I can't imagine what that cross would have been like to bear. And how did she do this? How do we walk through the seasons that God has got us in? The good, the bad and the ugly. There's, one, there's, the only, there's only one way and it, there's only one right way, I believe. Psalm 121 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From hence my help comes. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither, sumber, neither slumber nor sleep. How do we survive the seasons of life? We look up and we go to he who never sleeps, he never slumbers, he never moves his gaze from us. He's your jumper in the cold seasons. He's your swimmers in the summer. He's your comfortable deck chair under the cool of the tree in those warmer days. The challenge for us is to find God in the season that we're in, to be able to articulate what it is he's doing. The only way we can do that, I believe, is daily communication with him. How do you do that? You run to his word, you eat it, you drink it, and you bath in it. I mentioned this morning about Del. One of the things that I love most about Del is her steadfastness in her faith in God. God is forever steadfast. It's a characteristic of his, and I, I feel like people like Del carry that character within. Though your seasons come and go, though they change and require you to adjust, The truth that I want to leave you this morning is God never changes. God isn't shifted by the season you're in. He's not stressed. He's not anxious. He doesn't fall off the throne when something sudden happens. He can see all things and he never changes. God, the Bible tells us, will be the same today. He was the same yesterday. And the awesome truth is he'll be the same when you get up tomorrow. Just in closing, I wonder this morning, regardless of where you find yourself at, whether you are able to go home this week, not necessarily this afternoon. I'm sure we're all going off to do things with family. 
But I honestly believe in order to be productive on the earth and to use our time effectively, we need to be able to articulate the season that we're in. And we need to do that by going to the only one who has the big picture. I firmly believe that the heart of God is always about the kingdom. It's never about my individual planet. It's always about the kingdom, what's best for the kingdom. I look at that situation in my workplace and think, those people need discipleship. That's really what's happening. Your people in your workplace, in your schools, in your homes, in your sphere of influence, it's about discipleship. It's not about necessarily coming here on a Sunday morning. And we're all happy clapping. I love the gathering when we get together. I love that. But the reality is that there's a world out there who is dying without Jesus. And really that's what we're about. Be that at the Ramada for me. Be that within my own family. Be that in your workplace. Whatever it is, without knowing the season that God has you in, you are less than productive because you're scattered with thoughts, you're scattered with time. And by knowing what season you're in, I honestly believe it helps us prioritise how to use our time effectively. I encourage you to keep praying, ladies and gents, for my friend Michelle. I believe that God has a bigger picture in mind for her. But I'm sure that each one of you have people just like that in your world, maybe not facing the same challenges, but nonetheless facing the stuff of life. Can I just encourage you this morning, seek him who knows the season that you're in and then ask him how effectively he can use you in that time. Amen. A very, very happy Mother's Day to you beautiful women. I love doing the journey with you. Look forward to many more of these Mother's Days together. And, you know, let's get about doing the work of the kingdom. Amen. Let me pray. Father, I thank you that... Uh, you have the blueprint for each one of us, God. Father, that not one person in this room today is an accident. Father, not one person is an afterthought. God, we're all part of your kingdom plan. Lord, I pray today in Jesus' name that you would speak a language that each one of us understands, God, as we look to understand and articulate and identify, God, what season you have each one of us in. Father, why you have us where you have us, why things are happening the way they're happening. Father, give each person grace to walk the season that they're in. Father, help each one of us to accept the season that we're in, to not only tolerate it, but God, to embrace it, to embody it, Father, and to learn and to grow in all that we can through the seasons that we're in. Father, for each one of us, I pray, continue to reveal your son to us. We thank you this morning for Jesus. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for our mothers, God, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever the situation, Father, we thank you for them because without them, we would not be here today. In Jesus' name, amen. I, 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 before we, we finish up, I know it's our, it's our last Sunday here, so I just want us to just, just thank God for that. But, um, you know, I think when Jackie was, was, um, was sharing, I just think it would be good if any of the ladies here particularly, if you'd like prayer this morning, I'd love Jackie to, to, to pray for you. Um, she really felt that word today was really from, from the Lord. And the more she spoke, I really feel it's resonating that, you know what, um, there's something in that for uh, all of us in terms of knowing the season of life that we're in. And, and we, we're not just talking about as a movement here, but as individuals, knowing 
where you are and why you're there, it's such an important question to answer because like Jackie said, the world's very scattery when we don't know exactly why we are where we are. We don't know what we're meant to be doing and what our focus is in life. An unfocused life is a very unproductive life. Amen? So I'd love, um, I'm, I'm just going to pray for us, uh, close us off, but I'd love uh, anyone that would like prayer this morning. I really just feel like it'd be really important and good for Jackie to, to pray for you uh, this morning if, if you feel like the Lord's spoken to you. That was a fantastic word, Jackie. Thank you so much. Um, and Lord, we do thank you for uh, our time this morning. God, we just together uh, also want to say a big thank you. This season for us as a community is over in this place here, God. And Lord, we pray a blessing upon this room, Father, as whoever uses this next, God, we pray that there be a residue of your presence. And when people walk into this room, that, uh, Father, they would think of you, God. Do something in people's spirits as they walk into this place, even though we won't be here, God. Let them know that there's something, uh, something's taken place in here that's just beyond this natural world. And God, Father, cause them to ask questions within themselves about the reality of life, eternity, and what that's all about. Father, we pray a blessing upon the staff who have come in faithfully in the mornings. And God, have really done a great job, made our task here easy, coming in, setting things up, putting on air conditioners, doing all sorts of stuff. And God, we are, uh, most of all, God, we are grateful and thankful to you. Father, you have blessed us with so many miracles, many of which we know, and beyond a shadow of a doubt, many which we do not know. But we just together, as our last thing we do here in this room, Father, we just want to say thank you so much. Thank you for sustaining us. Thank you for uh, drawing us together. Thank you for the season we've had here. And we look forward to the next season up the, the road there, Father. So we bless you this morning, God. We pray for each person here as we leave this place. In the next seven days, give each one of us an opportunity to share the reality of God with somebody out there that doesn't know about it yet. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. We're going to finish up. We're going to uh, just very briefly pack up. When we pack up, uh, we're not taking things in the cupboard anymore. We've got a trailer out there. Luke will coordinate packing things in trailers and we'll be moving things up to the shed uh, now. Um, please don't feel like you've got to hang around. It's Mother's Day. Go and bless your mothers. Go and bless your grandmothers. Take off out of here. There's enough of us here to, to clean all that up. Um, and uh, also please be respectful if anyone would love prayer. I, I really feel on my heart that that uh, you know that there's something there. Maybe Jackie will have a word for you or something. I feel like it's important if you feel like the Lord spoke to you this morning, come up to the front here and, and let Jackie pray for you. So uh, we'll be respectful of that as far as the noise goes. God bless you all, and we'll see you next week at 243 Oliver Avenue.